0: Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's uh, me, Justin Wollen, and uh, you can contact the show by emailing justin.wollen at cisco.com. That's two O's and one L. And you can tweet me at, at Justin Wollen. And we've got Mark in the studio again. We do. And, uh, back again. We'll be back again. Co host. Co host, not cheating no. anymore. No. Uh, Sophie, you need to remember that he is a co host and yes. not just featuring. Featuring. Like yeah. in a. And what were we saying earlier on? Like in a song? Like in a song. Like yeah. in one of those you know, youth songs. That youth are youth days, songs.
1: You know. I should give myself <laughs> a you know, kind of stage name or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. MC, 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 MC Marjax. Marjax. Marjax <laughs> Security King. How old are we? <laughs> Twelve, <laughs> I think. Um, so we're, we're talking all things Internet of Things today. We IoT. IoT. And we got, we're joined by some people in the room as well. We've got, we got uh, a room full of people in our studio stroke meeting room in, in Cisco. In the in the in our reading studio, um, which is a regular place for our for our it recording, yeah, yeah, it is now, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we're joined by uh, Gordon, Gordon Davis. What's happening? Hi, uh, well, um, enjoying being uh, in, in the
2: uh, <laughs> in the podcast
0: for the first time. Uh. Yeah, first timers. Yeah, we got you got a room of first timers here, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, isn't it? We'll be gentle. <laughs> oh, I got images. <laughs> and I shouldn't have. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Gordon, carry on, introduce go, introduce yourself,
2: please. Sure, so I'm the marketing manager for Internet of Things covering Europe, Middle East, Africa and Russia.
0: And we've got Anthony Eumen, And do you want to say Hello. Hello, everybody. I I am an interloper here. I have nothing to do
3: officially with... You have nothing to do, (laughs) so you've just joined us in the room. (laughs) I wish I had nothing to do. Uh, (laughs) It's a Friday. I'm going to take the morning off to sit on a podcast. Uh, I'm officially the services marketing lead for our EMEA region. I I have nothing official to do with IoT, but um, underneath this this far too tight waistcoat and shirt, I'm actually wearing a T-shirt which says IoT. I love it that much. So that's why I'm joining you in the studio here today.
0: And that's exactly the reason why, because he came in the room and he was just sat there to listen to the podcast. And uh, he said he knew too much about what was going on. So we had said you have to join in. Yeah. And we're also joined by Sam Futter. Hello, Sam. Hi,
4: morning, guys. Um, my first um, podcast. Thanks for the uh, invitation. You're more than welcome. I might the, regret uh, being on it, but there well, we are. <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, so I'm co founder of Intelligent Telematics. Uh, we're a company that specializes in 3G vehicle camera technology.
0: Oh, and we are going to talk a lot about that later on because it is awesome and i want to buy one you want one i want one (laughs) um and i'll explain later on the reasons why so uh first things first um internet of things it's been around for a long long time a good few years you remember i remember going to see uh my director now sarah eccleston hello sarah been on the podcast already um and she used to uh, be very passionate about Internet of Things, and she had uh, a role and responsibility for that as part of her job in the UK mm. in Cisco. And I saw her presenting on it a good few years ago now, so it's been around a while. But for those people who haven't quite caught up with it yet, or, or really want a, a bit more of an update view, has anybody got a view of what Internet of Things is?
3: Hold me back. Hold me back. Go in. <laughs> Go then, You dive in first. Yeah. Um, if you're a technology provider, I- IoT means one thing. If you're a customer. IoT means lots of things, and I think that's that's the essential uh, the essential conundrum w- with IoT. Um, you know, IoT is just is just connecting um, things together. Things means lots of lots of different things, um, rather than computers and people. Uh, you know, you, you could be connecting a, a bus shelter or a street lamp or a car or um, a, a oil pipeline or an oil rig. Um, you know, those those use cases are all very different. So. There is no such thing in my mind as, as one IOT if you're a customer. When you're buying a smart city, it's very different to buying con- some connected vending machines. Mm. And I think that's essentially been been the problem with, with everyone getting up to speed with what, what IOT is. Obviously, from a technology provider's point of view, you're selling endpoints and connectivity and management platforms and you know the, the data flows aside. Uh, one one endpoint looks looks much the same as another. Um, Gordon, you 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 know much more about this than me. That's just my opinion. What no, do you no, think? No, I
2: think you've uh, you've summarized very 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 eloquently. Um, I, I mean, I was thinking back to, you know, if you think back, forty years ago, hmm. yeah. You know, there was a, an internet. You see, Gordon looks at me when he says 40 yeah, years yeah, ago. He's yeah, trying to look yeah, around the yeah, room and yeah, see who so, um, was alive 40 years ago. Years ago. You think, yeah, w- w- what it consists of and uh, um, and where we've come in that time, um, particularly in terms of having you know, visual interfaces mm. to, uh, to connect uh, mobility. Um, but I guess for me, it, it's um, having worked in the technology industry, and this is probably... This is probably yeah you know, the, the, the techie view the world of the data center um mm. and the world of the um yeah uh, you know, the the office space you know it, it, the internet has really reached now beyond that into um whether industrial marine mm. aeronautics you know, above the sea below the sea it um it, it really does um open up a whole world of uh, of, of new possibilities but so i this, i've got
1: a, i've got a question yeah I've got a bit of a question about that because I, I'm somewhat of a cynic. Those mm. who know me will know me as a bit of a cynic. Um, and, and actually, you, you say, Justin, that's the, that's
0: the nice thing we call you. Is, oh, is it? sorry. <laughs>
1: it's all right. I've heard the nasty things as well. The, you know, you mentioned IoT's only been around a, while, a, a, a relatively mm. short time in, in, you know, in technology terms. But actually, it's been around a lot longer mm. because, mm. because let's face it, you know, five six years ago wasn't the first time that somebody connected. A bus, or an aeroplane, or a pipeline, or a SCADA system to
3: industrial control systems. Uh, oh, systems okay. control and data acquisition, isn't it? There you yeah, go. That's it. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. People, you know, look, smart smart grid is is forty years old. Yeah. Um, it, we're doing it with different technologies, and we're doing it for different purposes now. But yeah, the idea of monitoring mm. industrial it's, devices, it's uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Gord, Gordon, you, you talk about OT; it's, it's operational technology. That's mm. you know, it's almost like the coming together of two worlds. Yeah, through, through I, I,
1: IOT. I guess I kind of always saw it as it was probably more a coming together of the, the data analytics side of things. So actually being able to get more out of those connected devices and and do more, you know, and it probably coincides with digital transformation to be able to do more intelligent things with those connected yeah. devices okay. and that and that sort of things all right i'm probably going off
0: completely no 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 no, no, no but it, it's fine because it, mm, it, mm. the one thing i'm taking from that it just means a lot of things to different people yeah. Yeah. so there's not and i think that's maybe what's the challenge has been from the industry perspective mm. is it has a different view from the eye of the beholder and the benefits for it can be totally different from mm. no one's going to get the same results no. because you might be doing something totally different so the one thing is, for I- IoT it isn't for me. It's not about connecting computers or laptops or smartphones or tablets. That they are like sort of PC on or purse computer. Or- Although,
3: funnily enough, when you talk about that actually some some definitions of IOT would include that for instance if you were using uh, you know say you're a fleet driver and you've got a little tablet computer for taking signatures mm. you know, that's a client device but yeah. that would probably have an IOT sim in it and be managed as an IOT device yeah or uh, you know say you're a you're a, an airline and you've got um, you're taking duty-free payments those those kinds of yeah, mobile right. point of sale terminals their devices and their ah, IOT
0: computer devices well. okay there you go proved wrong within first five minutes of the box that's not <laughs> bad that's not bad so I think we've got an idea of, of it could be anything to anybody, but the benefits can be hugely impactful. Mm. Um, and Cisco is very committed to this, and we've re-energized ourselves into this market. And we had a, a world forum. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we?
2: Yeah, so we're down in Tobacco Docks, London. Which I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was wondering, like,
0: reading through the notes, going, why are we talking about tobacco when I think that we don't yeah, talk about no, Tobacco no, Docks? No, <laughs> <helpful, laughs> uh,
2: an, an interesting venue, uh, is a historic venue for when I mean, you wouldn't talk about things like smart cities. Mm. Uh, there's a Roman bathhouse in the uh, <laughs> the really? excavations outside the uh, there, and uh, um, during the Elizabethan era, it was uh, um, you know the, one of the main docks for. Um, um, all kinds of goods would come into uh, t- uh, into London through there, and indeed in the Tobacco Docks itself, there is this um, sculpture of a uh, tiger and a, a child there. Because uh, for a while the uh, the Tobacco Docks it was actually the, a an emporium of uh, imported. Wild animals. Um, um, yeah, where, right. I saw that. Uh, I saw that on the and, keynote. Uh, indeed, yeah. and uh, one of one of them actually escaped, um, and it ate something. Uh, it didn't. No, unfortunately, the uh, the owner managed to retrieve the tiger, but uh, it was good good example of uh, I guess sort of retail asset tracking. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, uh, tag your tiger. Yeah. So um, there was there was a big
0: keynote speech. What what was that about? Because obviously that must have been quite important. Because they had Chuck Robbins
2: there. Hello, Chuck.
0: Sure. Long-time so, listener, I'm sure he is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So Cisco Chief Executive uh, Chuck Robbins kicked off the event on the first day, it was a two-day event, um, and he started by uh, talking about all the stuff that he accumulates, I think, in his, uh, in his garage, um, as, as an example of you know, ways of trendy gadgets that yeah. he accumulates, um, what is the value? Hmm. So he was really driving the point, okay, well, what, what are the business outcomes hmm. you want to achieve? Um, and what, crucially, what are the barriers? What is stopping you yeah. from getting there? One of the, the themes um, for, for the event um, was "mind the gap." Okay. So, mind the gap between your aspiration okay. and your uh, <laughs> your current reality. Yep. And how do you uh, how do you get there? And so, there's a very interesting survey that was done as part of the the content for for the event, and that really looked at um, those those barriers. You know, what what is stopping you from um, from getting there. Um, there was time to completion, quality of data, internal expertise, do you have the right people for the right job. Okay. Um, uh, just give a
3: shout out to Cisco Services at this point. <laughs> we, we, we've got that expertise if you need it. Ding! <laughs> uh,
2: um, and then how do, you, how do you integrate? And then, interesting, one of the um, areas that he really called out to your mm. point, Mark, um, was why security didn't feature higher. On the, um, yes. Why the isn't security results? higher?
3: Yes. That's what I'm here for, it, isn't it?
0: Security. No, you're just here for it to make the numbers up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we got five people in the room with four microphones. We don't actually need him. No, no, we don't need. We don't need more. We don't. We don't need me. <laughs>
0: Right, that's your being So hacked. anyway yeah so security is interesting because you you look at all the the, the attacks that we've talked about previously mm. on podcasts um, and the big one was was an IoT one wasn't it where they were taking over yeah, cameras the Mirai, the Mirai botnet yeah. yeah yeah and they were taking over IoT cameras so and yeah. and then you look at WannaCry this just happened a year ago we've done a podcast on that please go back and listen yeah. if you haven't already um but that wasn't necessarily about, I mean, I wasn't in that thing attack, but it just goes to show if you can't contain but segmentation mm. of, your, of your network to say, right, okay, I've got IoT things on there. Security is hugely important because these are mm. not hugely intelligent devices. You're not going to stick a load of security malware on them, are you? So you need to, or you could do. Well, the,
1: the, the, the problem often is that the, the IT operations team don't even know they're connected it's yeah. that visibility of even you know yeah. one of one of the, my customers who was impacted by WannaCry had a had an epos system connected to the network you know, electronic point of sale, yeah. and it was it was infected with WannaCry. They didn't even know it was connected. To the I,
3: and, and with the, the the Mirai botnet, you know, a lot of the vulnerabilities were just the fact that it was cheap hardware with yeah. hard-coded credentials, credentials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you know, all of the basic security practices weren't followed at the point of design. And then you've got users who aren't security aware plug it, plugging it into their routers.
4: Yep. And, and the security aspect's quite interesting for our business as well. Yeah. Um, the the camera system has a remote um, trigger panic button, so the driver can actually um, activate that button, which will send the video footage through instantly. So, from a sort of security and okay. health and safety yeah. point of view, yeah. um, that's something that's becoming more and more important as well, and for mm. perhaps yeah. monitoring a yeah. um, um, a load an expensive load. So, okay, it's, um, that's interesting, it's interesting. Um,
0: so, so what are what are the things we're called out there? Because we talked out, I mean, uh, what was it, security? Why well, wasn't security high enough in the in the agenda?
2: So one of the key stats that was highlighted was around the success rate or completion rates, actually I should uh, um, just clarify, of IT projects. Um, there was a stat that just over a quarter of IT projects had been successfully completed. Now, that didn't mean to say that 75%, I'm going to say, failures, they could still be in, pro- in process. Product, yeah. um, but it just showed the scale of the... Um, the challenge, and and again to hmm. over, to Mark's point about overcoming uh, maybe some cynicism around the sort of the hype cycle of, of IoT, is it happening or is it just um, the world of consumer yeah. gadgets? Yeah. Um, so uh, particularly for a, an executive audience as well, you know ultimately you know the people that were in the audience or the people that were uh, going to hmm. be uh, dishing out the budgets to uh, to their uh, their organisations. Um, so as part of the the forum there was announcement of um, Cisco's um, IT operations platform and that one of the elements of that was around how do you securely connect your systems where there's just this exploding amount of mm. IP enabled devices that could be here there and everywhere and the, so the chances are you might not even know about you even So know how, how, do you, how do you manage that whole governance around you know spinning up you all know, about sort of you know, vast numbers fleets of connected devices, which then serve a particular yeah. business function.
0: Excellent. Okay, lovely.
2: And um, so what are we doing? In the, so what, 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 what
0: is Cisco doing in this from a, an industry perspective? How are we sort of collaborating?
2: I'm assuming we're collaborating because we don't make everything Indeed. To do with Well that system. was actually, that's a, one of the other key points that, from the two days was thinking about um, not just a network of things, but a network of partnerships mm. and a network of industries. So really thinking very broadly in terms of ways to collaborate both with partners that you... I mean, in Chuck's words, he said you, you, you'll have to build partnerships with companies you never even expected yeah. to. Um, and, but then that also extends out across industries. What, what can you learn from, from other industries? So whether it's looking at... Uh, you know, particular challenges in very harsh environments that can then be transferred to to other environments. There was a particularly amusing uh, a case study by a, um, a satellite company which had done a um, deployment in um, uh, Rwanda in order to optimise uh, agriculture and also transport. And mm. their biggest challenge for the success of their project was... Um, uh, the local monkeys were fascinated by the uh, the sensor devices, so they had, to, they? they had to monkey-proof their their <laughs> IoT devices. So did so that come up in the IDC survey yeah, as well? Yeah.
0: You know? so it's like it's like when you go through a uh, through a safari, safari park, they're you know, pulling your windscreen. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, this, your wound.
3: and this is why you never get into hardware design. <laughs> 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 yeah. What is it you want me to do? <laughs> monkeys. Yeah. Monkeys. I, it, it's it's interesting that. We, we bring up the sort of cross industry yeah. thing, and, and this is this is one of the sort of big promises of, of IoT, and, and where you know we, we risk getting too far into the future. But w- one of my favourite sayings is that innovation happens at the intersection, and, and what does that mean? It's where yeah. You, you know, so so I, you know, if I'm thinking of myself as say a retailer, well I can think well I can use um, I can use IoT in my stores. Um, I can you know, um, have have smart digital signage that. Mm. that Pumps new adverts over the network or something like that, and I can I can get incremental business improvement. I can probably get some quite big incremental improvements from that. But what happens if I start working with um, the local council to track footfall, so I can better site my my stores? What happens if I you know work with um, my supply chain partners so that I can track goods end to end? Yeah, you know, from from mm. manufacturing across the sea, across the multimodal transport network to my stores. I having or even if i start working with car manufacturers so there was there's one story that i saw a, a while ago about uh, uh you could you could um have the store deliver goods to the boot of your car in the car park and you could remotely open uh, open oh. the, um, the, the 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 boot of your car to get the the goods placed in there while you carried on your shopping trip you if you start working with companies that are outside of your sector that's where you can get the really Interesting applications, yeah. but you know, trouble with that. Obviously, it's hard enough working within your own business, let alone building yeah. up those relationships or your own with. Sector, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's an example of where I think the the challenges around IoT. That this this is just my opinion. Is that because we we're in the IT industry, we speak IT, we don't speak. We don't yeah. speak IoT. We don't speak operational. Yeah, we don't speak supply chain. Supply we don't. Chain, we don't speak yeah, retail. Yeah. We don't speak manufacturing.
1: And, and yeah. I think that's kind of part of the challenge that we were talking about just before the podcast in terms of that business change is actually the folks that are really going to see those business opportunities aren't necessarily yeah. the tech. Well,
3: they they aren't the technology people. And they, they might they might in fact be the cashiers in the store. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, people, the yeah. people who are actually seeing the customer problem. Yes, and yeah. I, I think. Yeah, i'm sure we'll we'll come on to this in more detail, but the essence of any good i t project mm. let alone any good i o t project yeah. is starting with a problem to solve and yeah. you know yeah. we've we've got a, a great example in the room with us of, mm. of starting with a real problem and fixing
0: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. so we have an example of where is, is, is so is city verve, which is something we've worked in as a partnership isn't it is that an example of where this intersections of as well, you said and the interse- I can't remember what he said now. Intersections... It was, was a great phrase. Innovation, yeah, in, innovation
3: happens at the intersection. I mean, smart cities generally is a, a, a kind of a melting pot of, of that. You know, you've got parking providers, you've got cars from OEMs driving through streets that are owned by the local council. OEMs? You've got, OEM? Sorry, original. automotive original equipment, equipment manufacturer. manufacturer. Okay. So, like, yeah, your, your BMWs, your Fords. Okay. Um, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, yeah. Work uh, for free cars for advertising. Yeah, we'll we'll, t- we'll take any cars you've got, connected cars or otherwise. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've got um, you've got retail stores and advertisers and employers. Yeah, you've got public health organisations. You've got all kinds of different organisations, public and private, uh, operating around the city. And if they're sharing data, if mm. they're joining up the dots for things like transportation planning, you get much better, better outcomes. outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was the
2: point. Uh, there was a recent uh, CityVer presentation by um the the program manager and her background is actually in health public health Mm. um and that to her was the kind of the the glue that was was bringing together a lot of the um you know maybe some of the the sexy technology but her focus was really okay well how how do we use this Mm. to to shape not just um health care but but people's day-to-day health wellness yeah um, uh, but also you know predictive Um, Mm -hmm. capabilities, whether it's pollution, um, Mm -hmm. whether it's around um, managing the way that people interact with their, um, you know, the way they work and where they live, Mm -hmm. Um, and then bringing in some really high, um, heavy-duty, big data crunching. So she gave an example of the Ordnance Survey collecting Mm -hmm. um, 50,000 data points in just one very, um, one strict so that was the level of detail mm. that they could get down to for micro mapping mm. if they would yeah you know, if you wanted to then get into um, uh, particularly looking at uh, um, some you know the particular health issues
3: and mapping being mapping being of course the sort of foundation of, of a lot of IOT applications mm. you know, location tracking and environmental yes. sensing you, you need those
0: coordinates yeah because that, that's what you mean cause we talk about about that with because Wi-Fi give you some sort of level of location tracking oh, within a building yeah, yeah. Um, and then and we know a bit how important that can be when it's that sort of accurate level of tracking of how yeah. close can you get and that's where people start talking about.
3: Yeah oh, it, it, for instance you know if you're in a, a campus environment like the one we're, we're in today you know you want to optimize if, if you want to make big savings in energy you can you can optimize the lighting you can optimize yeah. the uh, air conditioning you can optimize the parking based on the number of employees that are in on that day where they are where how, yeah. how they're moving um, but to do that, you need to be able to track location by room. Mm. And though, in fact, at, at IoT World Forum, there was a presentation by was it M, a guy from MIT. And um, yeah, they, they'd they been tracking the location of of laptops and students and, and all that and using it to, to do really interesting things like um, work out the most productive departments based on whether they were talking to other departments and correlating that with... Uh, how many research papers got published? So they could actually see interesting. Um, wow, that, interesting. That, that people moving around and when they worked and where they worked and who they worked with mm. directly resulted in better research outcomes.
0: Wow! So at the um, th- there were some findings in it because we did some research into this, and, and, and we've mentioned it a bit earlier on as well about the success of IoT and what things that contribute to IoT being unsuccessful. And, and some of those, in the, the first thing I, I think is it's 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 like security. Sorry, you look to be funny. Right. No, no, it's like security. It's like security. No, because we've talked about security, and where does security start with? It's got to start with the individual. You can't. It's people, policy, and process, it isn't is. it? Mm-hmm. And so the first, the thing that that can contribute heavily to success of IoT is the human factor, as it's called, isn't it?
2: Indeed. And it, what surprised me going along to the event as a first timer, without mm. you know, necessarily having prior experience of the the agenda, was how much of the agenda was devoted to. Um, people process yeah, and the, not the technology is, yeah, yeah yeah so whether it was um there was the hr um leader from general electric mm. um we had various other um e- examples there of of what the societal impact would be yeah. so even thinking beyond what mm. your dates yeah what, mm. what the impact is in your day job it, thinking about what was the um the impact yeah. on on society so those really deep ripples that then um, mm-hmm. uh, then of effect. And also, interesting, I mean, when, um, Rowan Trollman, the keynote speakers, in his keynote, he actually recounted this anecdote of when he was coming up on stage, he just asked one of the w- one of the staff who was hosting the event, what, what, what do you think of the event? And she said, oh, it's very interesting, but our robot's going to take all of our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's that <laughs> perception of what the what the future holds um, around the interaction between the human and, and um, but that's technology. the interesting
0: thing because th- that we brought that up on the podcast we did with Phil Smith about productivity and it is like when big industrial revolutions happen, it's people get scared mm. and they, well not scared people at the perception they will lose jobs, but it's about reskilling and retraining. And if the industry is a responsible industry, you will then go right okay, we're going to automate certain pre- features of functionality or or processes. We will then reskill our people to be able to adopt their to, to help to deliver yeah, that it's, it's as well. A,
3: it's a stage of augmentation first. I mean,
0: there is, there is some roles go
3: away, new roles come out. The the most important bit is that uh, stuff like IoT helps us get better at doing our jobs because it gives us the information and the, the actionable insight. And when you combine it with things like augment, augmented reality, you get things like engineers being able to hold their phone phones up and see overlaid on the screen which bit of an elevator mechanism is overheating Mm -hmm. Uh, or they get to you know video conferencing uh, an expert from another region who's particularly good at diagnosing that that kind of problem you turn an engineer's visit um, a failed visit a failed first visit which leaves a something like an elevator out of action into a successful shorter visit where they get early notification they get mm-hmm. the parts they need they get the information they need and can fix the problem yeah. right there and then that's better for the engineer um it's better for the company and it's better for the people who are using the the device so you know yeah. thinking about it as a, as a job replacement thing is is, is quite limited i think yeah and, and
2: indeed when you look at the the survey that was done the uh, from the respondents it was the the skills gap that from the executive's perception, was the the largest barrier to mm, yeah. success. Getting people skilled, now, up more hiring the right be, people. Yeah. That may be because it's a self-selecting audience. You you go yeah. out and bunch of into, into a bunch of executives. Yeah, what are they going to say? Um, but um, it's still uh, suggestive in terms of, um, as I say, resolving that that yeah you know, that the perception of um, a rapidly changing technology environment that is clearly having an effect on the way that people. Um, do, do their jobs mm. versus what the um, you know what the future holds and you say whether it's you go know, back in the Industrial Revolution and you know try and explain to someone what a steam engine is if, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, if you
0: go more than 15 miles an hour your face will come off <laughs> <laughs> dear me so uh, that was the first thing so don't go it alone what does that mean
2: so it's, it's this concept of having to build partnerships with um, companies that you may not have um, uh, even thought about. There were examples in uh, forum from um, uh, uh, where it was lift manufacturers having to think in terms of um, preventative maintenance. So mm-hmm. one of the, 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 the one of the keynotes argued that preventative maintenance was the killer app of IoT. Yeah, I've seen um, that. Before. So yeah, you only have to be Otis to suddenly start taking a great interest in, uh, in, in thinking about how all your, your effectively dumb infrastructure that requires um, someone to manually press a button in a lift once it's broken uh, to then call out the engineer who hopefully comes within the service level agreement to extract the person through to this world of um, uh, um, you know, monitoring uh, and, and predictive maintenance. Uh, I mean, the,
3: the, thing, the thing with um, predictive maintenance is it's almost like the, the gateway drug for, for changing business models as well. So instead of selling a quarterly maintenance visit and a break-fix uh, kind of deal for that, for that elevator as well as selling the unit, if you're monitoring when it goes up and down, and you're monitoring how much it's used and, and all, all of that kind of stuff, you, you can you can sell the whole thing as a quarterly mm. uh, wrap-up. You, if you're selling printers, you can sell them by the page because you know how many they're printing. If, you, if you're selling... Uh, if you're Rolls-Royce selling um, airplane jet engines, you can sell power by the hour. So it's the... The jargon of servitization and only IoT monitoring and data g- gives gives you that. You can you come some special words today? Servitization. servitization. I know it's, it's, horrible. It's, it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a manu- it's a manufacturing term. There's been there's been academic literature on it since the 90s. But well, yeah.
0: well, again, that, that's a perfect example of where we don't speak a language yeah, that yeah. other people do. Yeah. Yeah. servitization. We got to get that into another podcast.
3: Well, I so can we actually
2: add to that on servitization. Excellent. Oh, god! On come on, Gordon. I had another um, IT industry uh, event. Um, there was a presenter from a well-known home, home heating company. They had tried and failed to offer a, an IoT technology t- solution, um, but the way that they actually um, were successful was selling it as a uh, customer service solution, so the, um, the utility company that bought them out. Um, integrated it into their Net Promoter Score, which um, for people in mm. Cisco might be familiar, uh, other companies as well, is a way of measuring customer satisfaction. Mm. Um, and they they were able to demonstrate that by installing the um, the, the smart um, systems into properties um, from dissatisfied customers, they were able to turn around their customer okay. satisfaction score. So, so along with it. Yeah.
0: so <laughs> so the, the don't go alone bit though, the, and we talked about a couple of examples there of. You mean, for example, lifts. We've talked about other things. It's, and you mean like Rolls Royce and, and car manufacturing, all these sort of things. But it's it's the partnering bit. What, what is what's the partnering thing? So we've talked about outcomes again about and how can IoT help things. But what, how do how do people partner? Well, I mean, any IoT solution
3: has has a lot of components to it, and yeah, you're probably not going to have the skills or the resources in your own IT department if you're if you're a retailer, say, or a, or a fleet operator, to do all of them yourself. And nor will you necessarily find one provider that's going to do that. You need very specialised endpoints. You need you know little hardened boxes that, that go into your trains or your oil rigs or whatever. Um, you need connectivity. So, and, and depending on what kind of business you are, that will probably be multinational connectivity and possibly different forms too. You might need satellite, you might need cellular, you might need specialised yeah. radio. Um, or fixed line, indeed, could hold fixed line. Um, then you're going to need some kind of uh, platform to capture the data. You're going to need some applications writing
0: um, and and integrated so into the application huge, sure even from what you described there advisor, you mean yeah. it's a huge plethora of partners to yeah. make a, a project so it's about thinking about what the outcome is going to be but then thinking about all the partners you need to bring yeah. partner companies yeah. you need to work with and, and of course
3: like like any it project you can you can involve system integrators or you can you can try and find a company that's got a very healthy ecosystem of partners that, that can, can, they can put you in touch with but there's going to be a certain element of of integration and, and customization, and I think that goes back to the twenty-six percent stat. You know, you've, you've you've got to start. Every IoT project is a journey. You're going to start with with a pilot, and we were talking before this. You know, most customers uh, for, for the intelligent telematics um, start start with a pilot to prove the value, but also to prove that the thing technically works and mm-hmm. that they can integrate it into their systems. You know, there is always going to be a journey where you 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 more deeply integrate the IoT product into your um, how your business works and the other IT infrastructure you've got in place, but there's there's. There's tons of technical decisions to make, like which which radio do you use? Do you use hmm. LoRaWAN or SigFox or mbiot? These are these are acronyms which you wouldn't know until you have started looking yeah. into IoT, and that's that's kind of the point. I blatantly didn't know any of them. Oh, we should yeah. make you LoRaWAN.
1: I'd, I'd like to claim I, I knew.
3: What's LoRaWAN? I've no idea. But so uh, LoRaWAN is uh, a low low powered um, radio. Um, it's it's um, a proprietary technology. SigFox is the same, and NB-IoT is the 3GPP. Specification for narrowband IoT. Didn't okay. Andy come well, into the room saying he knows nothing about IoT? I think about. he totally polite. I think he did as well. I can play you guys at pool
0: later on if you <laughs> yeah. want. No. No. Because we all would be poor. Um, so, yeah, so we sort of get from the... Go on, and, go and on, go and on. And just
2: also on the go alone, uh, not going it alone, as well as on the partner side, I think it's also important to call out the the topic of trust and value. Because uh, this was um, one of the, the keynotes uh, which talked about blockchain. Which is a subject oh. beyond my You uh, could do a whole podcast on blockchain, but the fundamental part, the the, the, the the argument around that was that that was an enabler of being able to embed IoT in public value.
3: Blockchain actually has has some great parallels with, with IoT in that um, the the really good applications for it. Are not necessarily the applications you would have initially thought of. No. Like everybody thought of, of blockchain first of all because of its invention with Bitcoin as a currency, but actually it's great for things like um, property transactions and for um, um, like artist rights management and all kinds of
2: other uh, places where an immutable ownership is is important. And I think it's that whole area around smart contracts uh, yeah. being able to create and dissolve um, yeah. contracts at very short notice between. Um, parties that don't want to go through a third party intermediate. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's, it's that combination of having the um, the, you know, the, the platform but also the um, the, the means to um, you know, to bring people together very okay very quickly. Um,
0: so the other one was there was reap the benefits now I think it sounds like a positive thing but I think it was had a negative connotation from when I uh, when I was prepping so we were talking about the benefits that the business sees mm. and the benefits that ITC see from IoT projects uh, or, um, yeah, I mean, projects th- or This
3: good. goes This goes to the heart of all the IT projects. You know, the uh, the IT team think that because the uptime is great and it went in on time and for the right budget and you know, all the providers... I was able to ping a, a that device exactly. a hundred million miles away <laughs> yeah, or They, like. they Yay, think that because it, because it met the technical specifications that were set out at the start of the project, so, that project is a success. The business says, I've spent $5 million on this, and I haven't seen any increase in the share price, revenue, or profit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that project is not a success. You know, yeah. the, that, that's, that's the age-old di- dif- difference between you know, the, what the, the business wants and what I, I, IT wants. And the CIO is, is kind of in the middle, bridging that gap. Yeah. Okay.
2: okay, that's interesting. And again, when you think of that survey, Uh, Again, it's probably weighted more towards the the business executives, so um, that may explain the... um, But that's the
0: interesting thing, though, isn't it? Because in the world of IT, we just speak to the IT guys, we speak to the IT managers and and the IT directors and maybe CIOs, but the people who fund this will be on the board, and they'll be maybe the CIO, but then the CFO, and they need to be able to... If you're going to be really impactful, they have to see the tangible benefits, because they're the ones who are going to inevitably fund any of these projects so we need to make sure that that i think that i think it goes back to the point of don't go it alone i think the it can't deal with this centrally they can't deal with it themselves the business can't go well and it needs to be very much a collaborative and a new way of working to get the benefits so everyone can be very clear of what the expectations are from this and what success really looks like and and i
3: think in the case of of iot in particular it might be way out of the the it traditional it department's comfort zone they might be dealing with um, ultra high availability production line systems. Mm-hmm. They might be dealing with smart grid systems. If, that, if they're used to running data centers and doing, um, you know, client devices and stuff like that, that they're already dealing with technical teams within the business that they're not used to necessarily dealing with. Yeah. yeah. um So, yeah, you, you need to. It, it's, we've got a saying in Cisco: it takes a village. You know, with with IoT. It, It uh, It takes a village, idiot, and there's one sat in here. (laughs) (laughs) Mark. Thanks Thanks for clarifying. Uh, (laughs) um, You know, it it really does take a village in, in IoT in that you need to bring together... The business process owners who are you know, responsible for guiding what the outcome
0: of the project should be and how that yeah. impacts the bottom line and it's interesting when you look at pro- and the thing that came to me was product managers project managers and how it's managed that way and, and what are the outcomes of then how can how do they know if a step's successful and can move on to the next one and keep managing that project project onwards and I think having clear um, business outcomes to ensure that that project, I mean, just because a proof of concept worked, but has it proved that it's been it yeah. maybe technically it's been proved, but has it been has it actually seen an improvement in business? Yeah, and like to say all the things you called out before. So that's that's really good. So learn learn from failures, and and that's we a life we, lesson is that's it? a life that's lesson, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We life. do that all the time. We get yeah. things wrong on this podcast. Yeah, all we the time. don't learn at all, and we still don't <laughs> learn. We still do them.
3: Yes, anybody. Yeah, I mean, l- learning from failures—it's it, it, the old startup, um, fail fast and iterate. That's exactly it, though. But that's that's the, that's, like an,
0: that's becoming an um, industry industry sort of term. It fail fast. as soon as you get it wrong, move on and so learn there, from So there. there's an
3: important point to make here, though, which is if if you are um, messing about with something like the national grid, right. you don't want to oops fail fast and iterate on that. There are some. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, you'll want to sandbox or you'll want to pilot. And but then, that's the bit, isn't and it? Yeah, then that's the proof before you before you properly deploy. Not <laughs> not no, um, just throw
0: it out there. And if it, if it, if we want to lose electricity for the whole of the country, yeah. you know, that's a failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's st- the answer. Is no, g- we don't do that way. Going back to
3: the to the Mirai botnet, you know, you, oh, we we failed with our um, you know baby monitors that you can hijack. Mm. That's a failure that shouldn't happen. No, but that should in, have been tested
0: but, yeah. and piloted. But and in that. terms
3: of projects and 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 learning from working together with the business, working with pr- outside partners those are the things that you can improve over time. And I think it's important in any IT project and in any IoT project to you know, start small and look for quick wins and then go from there. If you try and do it all at once, you're going to run out of budget and run out of board
2: support before you get anywhere. Wow. Yeah. So I think that executive sponsorship was again one of the key, uh, key findings from the, the survey that making sure you've got that. I think also as well on the, on the partner side, um, the, the survey really brought out the fact that um, the most successful projects engaged partners early in the projects, yeah. so again it's it's be going through that entire process from the, the planning, the design, implementation, operation management, and then whatever okay. feedback loop. Okay, lovely lovely so we've um, we've talked about uh, all those great
0: things, human factors don't go it alone. Uh, reap the benefits and, and learn from your failures uh, but the one thing that stuck out to me throughout this podcast so far has been around the partnerships and you d- this is not something that Cisco Dillo is on own and that's why we've got Sam Futter in the room uh, talking about what you do with uh, intelligent telematics.
4: Um, so we've been working with um, um, Cisco Jasper now since the business started in 2014. So what is Cisco Jasper then?
3: I, essentially, Cisco Jasper is, is a management platform. Um, when you've got a, a lot of IoT connections out in the field, you've got a lot of SIM
0: cards. You need a place to manage them from, turn them on so, and off. So, is it anything that's IoT? So it could be IP connected, or is it has to be three G connected? Oh, sorry, sorry, um, sorry. You know what I mean? Three G, four G type yeah, of so through, through cellular. cellular yeah, yeah it's,
3: yeah. it's it's it's, it's essentially for managing cellular connections so oh, okay. yeah, sim cards have have different states and they report uh, on, on how much data they're using and where they are jasper gives you a place
0: to monitor that and to control it and so. does it allow you to deploy as well so to help to deploy those, those yeah, you, you can
3: turn turn devices on and off you can turn
0: connections on and off and, and move them through the different SIM states Yeah. ok great, so that, that's a bit of a summary of what Jasper is, so how do we use it then Sam? or how do you use it?
4: Um, so I'll give you a brief overview on the company and then it will explain how we work with Cisco Jasper how we use the system um, so we uh, provide 3G vehicle camera um, technology uh, mainly to uh, commercial fleets in the UK and overseas um, probably got about 20,000 Connections in the marketplace at the moment. So each
0: of these cameras has a SIM card in it?
4: Each of these cameras has um, an M2M um, SIM card that's connected. Um, M2M being machine to machine. Machine to machine. Great, thank you. That's connected to the uh, Jasper platform and to um, our back end system that monitors the uh, device. Um, We work with commercial fleets covering different sectors from home delivery to taxi fleets to HGV, waste, fuelage. Mm -hmm. So it's quite a sort of diverse... um, Diverse um, verticals. Very, very uh, diverse. And it's interesting, but
0: I've loved the bit, what do you do with these cameras?
4: What do we do with these cameras... Uh, well, install them in the uh, the vehicle. Uh. No, no,
0: no. But the the, the cameras—they're not just there just to film stuff. You I mean, the, the, it, you're turning, from my understanding, if and the prep we've done is those cameras become a sensor, so we can sense uh, driving habits, driving behaviours. Uh, things like that. So it's not just about recording something. And then, for example, you know, you know I've been sat in taxis and they have cameras in there and, and and people have them in cars as well. And you see them advertised at petrol pumps, having yeah. a camera in your car, high-definition de- high camera. And it's about recording an accident as it happens, but it's very post-event, very, oh, an accident's happened, right, okay, I'm going to use, then I'll get the video off, I'll then use it as evidence to yeah. say, look, it wasn't my fault, this is exactly what happened. The way you use it is a lot more... Um, innovative.
4: It, it is. I mean, um, dash cams have been around for a while, to, um, you know, sort of the last seven or eight years in the UK. Traditionally, SD card camera technology, that's now moved to 3G camera technology for some of the reasons I can talk about this morning. Uh, the way that the camera works, it has uh, built in uh, GPS and accelerometer. Um, Each camera is configured before it goes into a fleet. So a camera configuration for a home delivery fleet versus an HGV truck that's going up and down the motorway is going to be totally different. Um, So there's a G-force trigger in the camera. Um, So if the driver harsh brakes, accelerates or, or corners, that triggers the um, notification, which can go to the fleet manager or insurance company, and then you can then view the video from the scene um, pretty much instantly. Um, in real instantly. time. In, yeah. in, in real time, yeah. Wow, so that's the bit I loved. it's and, gone, uh,
1: yeah, gone. Yeah, gone, no, I, I mean, and so, so I guess coming back to the point we were talking about earlier in terms of the business problem, I mean, mm. what, where, where was the sort of crux of that business problem that, that you find that solution set solves?
4: Okay, um, so, moving from sd card cameras to 3g technology Mm. the problem with an sd card camera is that you're relying on the uh, driver to report the incident Mm -hmm. Um, sd cards can be um tampered with Um, and then you're having to take the sd card from the device and then back to a depot and put it into a computer to upload that to view the video footage so what's the actual so that's that's spots a, a very well I would say this is great
0: examples of where we're proving our own points here of that's a very technical problem that, that's been solved yeah, there's no Co- connectivity there but what's, what's sneaker the, net what's the, what's the, uh, yeah sneaker net is yeah it is but, and I learned what sneaker net was on the other day for a podcast Was because sneaker net was did you know this hmm? I'm looking at the mark now by yeah, the, the way internet,
3: I, the I what, of the IoT instead of trainers yeah, no, well, no it's I know not. what sneaker net is
0: <laughs> so what's sneaker, what's your opinion of a sneaker a net is? sneaker net you have it in security where you, where you basically I don't know you want to take
1: a piece of data from a high secure network to a Secure network and you sneaker net. You physically don't connect the networks.
0: You use sneaker net yeah. to physically move. But what a, is sneaker net and why is it called sneaker? So if I've got this right, so, like so like when I was sneakers ex- on my, yeah. On my As feet. in, yeah, so you're walking it. So you yeah. basically I'm, I'm not flanking around. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's why I thought you were going with it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it is that bit of sneaker net of you put some information on a machine, you walk it around yeah. to another machine, and yeah. then put the, the information into it via USB yeah. stick or something like that. Yeah. So so if we're talking about
3: why why a business would why a fleet operator would buy one of these solutions. There's, there's got to be a sort of fundamental business, business case, problem. And that, yeah. w- w- how, how do you describe that?
4: The, the, there's probably two main um, reasons that um, fleets are looking to adopt this type of to- technology. Uh, the first one being, um, duty of care, health and safety, and for driver training and um, programs. Um, pretty much all commercial. Um, and what
0: does that benefit? You mean that, that training, that health and safety? Well, how does that benefit a business?
4: Well, being able to um, utilize and use uh, video uh, footage as part of the driver training uh, program, it's, you know, it's... it's so big. trying to
0: make, so using that as evidence or, or to help the driver become, be, be a better driver. So this, so. this is the,
3: the sort of... Um, a 2.0 version of those stickers on the back of lorries. How's my driving? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you
0: see them all the time. You just want to phone someone going, "Do you know you're really rubbish." Mm-hmm.
4: Pretty much all commercial fleet operators will traditionally and still today have a telematics, a, a black box, mm-hmm. and that will produce driver behavior information based on speeding, cornering, accelerating, harsh events, harsh maneuvers and, as, and that's a useful As tool. well as
3: possibly vehicle data as well. And vehicle and vehicle data so as well. Going back to the sort of elevators we were talking about earlier, that yeah. it can help you detect when a breakdown is going to happen.
4: Absolutely but the video technology complements that even more because you've actually got the video evidence from the scene to um, substantiate what's happened and, and, and help the driver. So, if, the so yeah, so
0: providing uh, real data on a driver so you'd be able to say a driver's been out, he's the company you've trained him up, or he's been trained, he's driving around, and then very, very quickly, you can give feedback on based on the live data on how well that person's driving and help to improve their driving to ensure that they when they they're a safer driver but also they become a, a better driver and so the vehicle is maybe least out loud now, less maintenance mm. you mean and, and you less deliver fuel. on time less fuel and those sort of things so that's it, a, that's a. Real it
4: can be used for uh positive recognition as well mm. you yeah, know yeah, it's not yeah. all about um yeah. trying to get the driver in and and and, and tell them off and you know it, it, it can help them for positive recognition the way that the system works is that we have a uh, driver safety uh, league table, so you have all of your drivers on there, calculates how many miles they've travelled any over speeding harsh braking manoeuvring cornering mm-hmm. etc um, that enables the fleet operator to then concentrate and help train the worst performing but you, um, drivers yeah but mm-hmm. you're
0: picking you're being very accurate and it's based on evidence you're not just saying your driving's rubbish you're saying ra- actually your driving on the motor is really great but what we've noticed is that we can improve your when you're driving in an urban area or for example and so it helps helping people become better based on real real evidence uh,
4: uh, absolutely and then it's, it, it, it's all about trying to present, uh, sorry, um, uh, prevent the accidents or incidents from happening in the future. Mm. So, by coaching the drivers and using that yeah. technology, that's what you're actually it's that doing. coaching piece. I think you hit the nail on the head yeah, there. It's yeah, the coaching, it's, isn't it? it? It's really, really important. So, that, that, that's the, uh, one of the main drivers why our, our customers are looking for this technology. Um, the second main reason is the insurance risk, um, claims management, and um, underwriting so business. it goes
3: back to two of the two of the trends that have come out in the dis- discussion today. I mean, number one, the human factor. Number two, the business. Mm. You know, if you your your use case, you know, it, it, it touches a lot of different departments. By the of it. you know, going back to the, the the sticker on the back of the van, you know, there's there's a marketing point of view here. If, you, if these va- vehicles are are better driven, then that yeah. benefits the brand. If you're uh, you've got sort of legal and finance issues around insurance claims. You've got health and safety and the actual fleet operations themselves. There's loads of different business stakeholders involved. Mm. Uh, it's, it's all the human factor. And if you can say, we'll save you money on your insurance, then that, that shows that IoT is is really... But that's the real thing, results. though, isn't it,
0: from this? From when I read the case study, it's the insurance thing about uh, as soon as an accident happened or... Um the video evidence is being taken live yes. from that camera, from your camera, yeah. and being used then, so the business can then make a very quick decision on whose fault it is. Do they? Uh, because and the, and the thing in the case that he said that they a lot of claims have been um, settled um, where there was maybe no driver's fault, yeah. but because it's just they didn't they didn't have the evidence or didn't want to go to court or anything like that. Now, if you think right, an accident's happened, and within within moments, the business has the evidence to can look at the evidence and go right actually this wasn't our fault we're not going to pay up or, or not pay up but we're not going to yeah, get involved actually, in, in, in yeah. paying a claim or setting a claim that wasn't our fault
4: you, you you're right i mean just going back to one of the points you just said their brand protection is really important i think, I think commercial I that companies <laughs> that we work with and they're targeted um for um cash for crash fraud and claims that yeah. happens um, um regularly so Um, The camera has um, saved a lot of our uh, customers a lot of money from those type of um, um, incidents. Um, We often get involved with a lot of different departments and people within the the business, from the fleet manager to risk to health and safety to driver training to the insurance side of things. But if this is managed um, um, correctly within their business, you know it's all well and good having a 3G camera that's going to give you instant video footage but what do you do when you get that piece of video footage you've got to make sure that it goes to your insurer or broker straight away they can either settle from the scene if it is their fault, and there will be savings there. It can dispute 50-50 claims. So it's a combination of those things. And is that
0: information? I mean, we talk about the partners in, so you're talking about how, where do you upload that information to. There's got to be an application front end to it. There'll be obviously something that has to sit with the, with the broker. So they have to be part of this solution as well. got and, and a process has to be designed, and people yeah. have to be trained. So yeah. that is, that is people, the policy, and process. There
3: there it's
1: a process
4: changer. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, we get involved in that side of things based on our experience on how to um, implement and integrate a solution within your business, um, uh, best practice, and uh, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting though, so isn't it? So you could even have the point that the accidents happen and the insurers look, at the, you could be still on the scene, and then contacting the driver saying, this isn't your fault, we've got the video evidence, don't, start, or you mean, and sort or, of, or, I don't or know, even, I'm totally or even, quite harsh about trying but, to be...
3: Or, <laughs> or, or even, the, you know, the insurer could get that data, call the driver and ask, do you need any medical assistance? Can we send a recovery vehicle out? Can yeah, we, yeah. we set, reroute another but van actually, to pick up your that, stock? Yeah. You know, See, or,
0: that's really interesting, isn't it? Because once you've got that information and you know it in real time, it's happened, you know, right, okay... This truck is going to be here for a long time, or and, and
3: that com- comes back to the the essential factor that makes IoT worth doing across all the applications, and that's the data. Without 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 insight coming from it, it's it's not worth doing. And every valuable IoT application gives you some kind of insight that you can take action on.
4: Brilliant, absolutely. And, and you know, and this go, kind of sort of goes back to the to um, you know one of the original questions: how and why are we working with Cisco. Um, Jasper, so we use the uh, Jasper platform to manage and, and monitor all of the cameras and the SIMs that are live um, in the field, whether that's a fleet of one vehicle to a fleet, our largest one of over 3,000 vehicles. When our customers buy the, um, the camera, there's also a monthly um, software and um, data plan. So the Cisco Jasper platform enables us to manage that data so that there aren't any overcharges for the customer, which is important. Um, we can set rules and regulations. Um, an example, if a fleet's in the UK, but they need to travel over to Europe, then we can put it onto um, a European tariff. Which so is you can do a example. tariff swap in real we time, can do yeah. a, We can do a swap in real time. If a camera falls off a screen, starts swinging, it thinks it's a G-force um, event, that will start streaming data. So again, we can have a rule that will switch that camera off straight away until one of our operations team um, has interrogated it. So... There's, it, you know, it's very, very important um, to our business. I would say fundamental. The business couldn't operate without the Cisco um, Jasper um, um, platform. Wow, you know, it's, it's really, really important. I, I definitely want one of these
0: cameras for my daughter's car for when she passes a test. If she passes a test, I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. It's I not
1: suppose. not for you then. Your driving's perfect, is that? What you're no, saying? no,
0: no. My driving's terrible, but but i'm pain- i, I you don't something- want that on camera <laughs> no you don't want that on camera but i want my daughter if she but the thing is though you mean it? Yeah. it it's all we'll allow her to you mean in real time if you know something's happened in real time mm-hmm. and you'd be able to see that yeah. Yeah. getting it streamed to your home uh, or wherever you are going right well, i've just seen the accident you know and you could say all right okay we're going to be there in a minute or don't worry we've looked at it it's not yeah. your fault yeah so Sam, I just wanted to go
3: back to one of the points earlier about the sort of learn from failures, the way an I, uh, IoT project typically goes. I mean, you've 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 been involved in a lot of implementations with a lot of businesses of different sizes. Mm. I mean, where where do they start, and you know, how do they how do they move that forward and, and produce the benefits and and, and evolve?
4: Okay, well, it, it, it's a it's a stage process. I mean, number one, we'll either contact a potential customer, or we will receive an inbound inquiry. So you know, we're looking for. Uh, vehicle camera technology so we always ask why why do you need it what are the problems and challenges within your business you know we'll do a fact find and find out a lot more about the company that we're working with the second stage is normally a, um, a, a meeting and a demonstration on how the um, te- technology works questions and answers that type of thing and then we like to move to a trial stage so we can actually prove that the the technology and the solution um, works talked before about having to configure cameras for different um, vehicle type whether it's a taxi fleet or a home delivery fleet do you get involved with the other applications or other parts of the business so you mean
0: that's been very much about you and your and, and, and intelligent telematics what, what you mean how you mean because you've got video streaming going to something mm. But what's the front end of that? Is that another application that needs? Do you have an application company, or is that do you have to work with, or is that no?
4: That so we, we have our um, we have our own um, um, solution, which is linked into our um, servers in Germany, and that will give the, the end user a front end that enables them to see where their assets are um, on on a map. There's GPS, so they can actually see the assets. So how does that all.
0: video content get to a to the insurance?
4: Company. They're given a, uh, um, this a secure server, they're given um, access to our system, uh, username and password, so they can just access the video uh, footage and camera projects at the same time as the fleet manager. Okay. So some of them will have a relationship whereby the fleet will look at the video footage and the insurer um, others will outsource it to a claims management company. So they're specialist claims management companies that work with the big fleet operators. So they'll have an SLA with a home delivery company. They'll look at the video footage as and when it comes through, and they will then work directly with a driver and help kind of sort of okay. manage that claim claim from there. Do, hmm. do
3: you see any sort of potential for, for any of these processes to be, to be automated? I mean, it sounds like um, right, right now that
0: there's a, a lot of human judgment being involved in that i mean aside from the especially sharing of the video the video is mm. going up into your servers mm. but how does is you mean my, my, my and to that point is i'm thinking there you're an insurance broker or whatever not broker but you're the insurance person bang, ping, not bang, uh, something happens, you get a, a, an alert, there's an application that automatically yeah, puts it in for, tricks something for you, right. Yeah. Even even the Starts video something. analytics are looking at it going, mm-hmm. do you know what, does it need a human mm-hmm. to look at it? Because I, I guess, if mm. you
3: yeah, like you're saying, if a camera falls off the windscreen and swings around, the, the percentage of the pixels that are changing will be so high that you could use an, an automated image analysis to, to detect that's going to be a, a, a camera's falling off a screen event, not a crash event where you'd still yes. see the... Yeah, quite yeah, consistent. Yeah. I mean,
4: we work with third-party um, companies that have built complicated crash detection um, algorithms, which are integrated within our um, system. If you're operating a fleet of hundreds or thousands of vehicles, you're going to be getting a lot of um, um, video alerts and video footage that are coming through. So we do have systems that can filter the, um, yeah. the videos. so it will detect whether it's actually been a genuine um, incident or whether the vehicle's gone over a pothole, um, okay, um, yeah. as an example. So is that
3: kind of workflow... Optimization, almost to try and yeah reduce the manual. Yes.
4: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of
3: reminded
1: yeah. of network intrusion prevention. Given I'm a security guy, you know, yeah. t- basically tuning 50, up.
3: Fifty thousand alerts a yeah, minute. Yeah. Tuning yeah. out false yeah. positives. Yeah, is effectively that's a big, what Yeah, that's the thing. saying. Yeah. And,
1: and also, how do you then? I think the point you were making is how do I, just I get that triage it, and triage it, and get it into the insurance. Engine. Get it to the right people yeah. in front of the right without person without
0: having to have it touched. Because at the, the moment, people. you can imagine it'd be very sort of like. So there's a lot of human yeah. intervention through that process, even though we used it, IoT is, is the thing that's driving it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's you know we've got different platforms and different solutions, and it depends on the on the on on the fleet type, the size of the fleet generally. So if you're operating one to twenty vehicles. Um, you you know you'll find that you've got enough time to actually have a look at the video footage yourself and that's quite important because a lot of the time you're not actually just looking for that accident but again going back to the driver side of things you might be looking at the driver training um, um, piece is that driver approaching a roundabout um, um, too mm-hmm. quickly are they accelerating um, mm-hmm. too quickly so there's a balance of um automating it or actually wanting to have a look as much of the okay. video footage as you possibly so, can.
1: So one of the things that we were talking about earlier was about where IoT solutions sort of are born out of in the business and we were sort of talking about it's not being an IT project. I mean do you find as a company that you're engaged by IT functions within fleet management or is it actually fleet managers or is its it, is it A line of business, effectively, that's
0: engaging. Who phones you up? Yeah, yeah.
4: It it it, it's it's, um, it varies. Actually, sometimes it could be the uh, the fleet manager. Um, it could be the um, the CFO, so they're looking at their um, they're looking at their books, and you know how can we find ways of uh, making money or saving mm. money? Well, saving on our insurance mm. Um, mm. Um, premiums and reducing our claims costs um, is one. It could be health and safety, driver trainer. It's, so, it's, so it, it doesn't, doesn't really sound like it's not, it's not it. Though. Yeah, that, that, yeah, no, and
1: that's kind of why I asked the question because it, it's kind of interesting that you're getting that very non-IT engagement, yeah. which is exactly where these projects need to it, sit. Really. It's
4: not normally the IT representative that will yeah. initially contact us, yeah. but they will obviously get yeah. involved at yeah. some stage once the system sure. goes in and yeah. we we'll implement the right processes okay. and, yeah. and procedures.
0: Brilliant. Right. We've covered absolutely loads today. So thank you very much, Sam. No, thanks for your thank you, uh, time. Thank you, Gordon. Uh, thank you, Anne. Thanks thank very you. much indeed. And nice. uh, thank, you, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll uh, speak to you in the next podcast.